Welcome to the Gifted Life Podcast, where we have conversations about organ, tissue, and eye donation. I'm Lori Steele. I'm Joey Boudreaux. I'm Sally Gentry. And we are here for you. Our goal is to spur healthy conversations about organ, tissue, and eye donation. So thanks so much for listening in. Today, we are focused on Savannah Smiles. Yeah, Savannah Smiles is a camp centered on families who've experienced the untimely death of a child. We'll tell you more about the camp and how they support families. We've just heard such great things about this camp, so we wanted to explore it a little more with you. But here's what we're asking of you, you listening right there. Help us spread the word about the podcast and what we're trying to do, which is make life happen, save more lives. Yes, of course, we are easy to find. Once you find us, rate us, subscribe to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or whatever your favorite podcast app may be. On social media. Joey, are you doing better at that? Oh, I am. Busy guy. Yes. All right. Sally? Facebook. Well, not only that, but I want to let you know, I just subscribed to Stitcher. <gasps> oh, wow. ex- yes. Excuse me. So I can listen to not only our podcast, Ooh. but other podcasts when I'm driving. Ooh. I like it. Yeah, it's opened up a whole new world for us and hopefully for you too, guys. Uh, but on social media, on Facebook, the Gifted Life Podcast, we hope that you'll like it and follow us there. If you're on Twitter, Instagram, at Gifted Life Pod. Obviously, we have lots to talk about here on episode 98. You guys already? Already. Let's do it. Here on The Gifted Life, we are excited to introduce you to our new friends, Jennifer Scharfenstein and Haley Aurelian of Savannah Smiles. The reason we asked them to come on The Gifted Life is because we got some really great feedback from an active donor family. Savannah Smiles does a lot of things that we'll tell you about coming up on this episode, but there was this camp that sisters of a brave hero attended, and they said what they got out of that camp was so good. Mom said, I just... I just can't imagine not having this for my girls. And we just thought, wow, we need to share that story with everybody. So Jennifer Haley, we appreciate you guys joining us here on The Gifted Life. Well, we're happy to be here. Thanks for asking us. All right. So start us at the beginning. Jennifer, you are the director of Savannah Smiles. We know people will start doing searches and things. So Savannah Smiles is what we're talking about today and focusing on. So Jennifer, take us back to how this got started. All right. Well, I am the director, but more importantly, I'm Savannah's mom. And she left this earth on December 10th of 2006. It was an accident. She was nine years old. Our family was not prepared for that, what family ever is. And we didn't have life insurance on our girls. We have four daughters. At the time, they were 12, 9, 6, and 3. And the final expenses for her were in the thousands. I had no idea. But our friends and family in our community, because the accident was so public, just poured into a bank account. And this was now we're going on almost 12 years. She's been in heaven. So this was before crowdfunding or GoFundMe or any of those online, you know, options. Mm -hmm. So you actually went to a bank and gave money. And our friends and family in the community poured into that account so much so that her final expenses were covered. And then there was this money left over. And, you know, if you think about that, we just were like, what do you do with this money? This was given because our child died. What do you, you don't take a vacation. You don't buy a car. You don't, you know, you're, you can barely breathe. So we really did just say, God, <laughs> what do you want to do with this? Long story short, Savannah Smiles was born. And so what we do through Savannah Smiles, because it was such a blessing, 
to have her expenses paid and not have that burden. We try to help families with those same expenses when tragedy strikes them. So Jennifer, you know, this is something that we see quite often. Of course, you know, we work with families of, uh, you know, donors of all ages. And we see that same thing, for, especially from any aspect, emotionally and as well as financially. They're not prepared. Most people don't have insurance coverage or life insurance coverage for, for children. And we would love mm-hmm. to be able to offer, you know, this type of support, you know, but unfortunately we can't, as well as other organizations, the, the other LOPAs, you know, so to speak, around mm-hmm. the country, right. because it can seem like a conflict of interest for, for obvious reasons. So that's why we love, you know, when we hear about organizations such as Savannah Smiles and the work that you do, we see from a personal and professional aspect the impact that it has. So Jennifer, I'd like to know, when you're supporting families, what sort of resources do you have for them or provide to them? Initially, just the phone call. I usually talk to these all the families. We, uh-huh. we do have an office in Baton Rouge where one of our board members takes the calls in that area, in that parish. So initially, it's the phone call and actually speaking to the grieving family myself uh-huh. and offering them hope because I am one, because we are a grieving family and we have survived. I, I get to share with them that it is survivable and how we did. And for us, it was through Christ. He's the reason we survived this. There's a book that we did not write, but it was given to us after Savannah left that was just really helpful called The One-Year Book of Hope. The author is Nancy Guthrie. You could probably go to Amazon or mm-hmm. Christian Book Distributor mm-hmm. or something um, and find it. But we will send that book to a family. depends on the conversation I've had with the family. Some are receptive to the resources. Some are just so broken they can't hardly speak. Another resource is a CD that actually is our story, and you can find it on our website. I will send the hard copy to the family, but anybody can go to the website and hear the whole recording. But it basically is Jody and I sharing our story through our own words and music that was written specifically for the project. That's a whole other story for another day, how, how that all came together. How are folks guided to you, or how do you find the families? The funeral homes know about us. The hospitals okay. know about us. And so we are on a resource list for those organizations. And I will say, I, I don't ever feel like there's one business or hospital that abuses, you know, sends everybody our way. Usually the social workers in the hospitals or the funeral directors when they're sitting with a family and they're listening to their story and realizing they don't have any options because sometimes the options are an anonymous grave. The hospital will offer that. There's just nothing else. And I can't imagine that. I can't imagine that. I'm having a place where I can put flowers. Or, oh, yeah. So we just give the families the option of what they want to do and help them as best we can to fund it. That's great. So obviously we have very parallel missions Mm -hmm. and we have a lot of families that, that do come to us for, you know, help or any uh, guidance or any, you know, any resources. And we'll certainly Mm -hmm. point them your direction. What age range uh, should we be looking at? We help from, you know, tiny babies, stillborn to age 18. And what about, you know, I've seen you guys around and I'm not the best social media person, so I apologize for that. But so what kind of fundraisers do you guys do for, because I'm always looking to do things like runs and, you know, I like to do mm-hmm. 5Ks and different things. So what, what can I be looking for 
Uh, or is there any option like that? We just had our golf tournament. That's our big. I heard all about that because some of our folks but, went that way and they say, yes. they, they help did. you that day. I'm going for Savannah Smiles. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was okay it's with that, Jen. Day. <laughs> it's a great day. And you don't have to know how to play golf. You just uh-huh. have to know how to eat. Well, our, that's, our guys, that's who we sent. That's exactly <laughs> what we see. Yeah, our Lopa guys don't play golf well, but uh, they can't eat. They got big hearts, which is good. So we talk about organ tissue eye donation. You guys help anyone who has lost, right? Donor or, or not donor, but yet you're oh, yeah. familiar mm-hmm. with, with our mission, right? Yeah, it, it affected us. Savannah was, a, was an organ donor. Wow. Okay. And that was back yeah. in 2006. Savannah Smiles um, was established when? August of 2007. 2007. Wow. Mom on a mission. Yep. I like that. Can we focus now on um, this camp um, that we heard so much about? Haley, I'm going to bring you in if that's all right, Jen. Tell us the, yep. the setup for this camp, the hope going into it. I know it was the first year. And then uh, what you guys saw coming out of that first camp. The setup of the camp was a long weekend where we had the kids come in and we would do lots of different things. We would explain the grief journey, so kind of the understanding of what grief is in kid terms so that they can understand what it is. Because if you just come at kids and use clinical terms, they're not going to know what you're saying. So we broke it down in a way that they could understand it. And then we would get them together in groups of two or three. We called them their buddy groups. Uh, and ask them different questions about their grief and how they're handling it and different things like that and how their view of God is after grief. And then we would go out and play. So the, the model of camp was really, let's feel these really hard feelings. And then, okay, we felt them, we're, we're processing them. Let's go out and play and have fun and put them away, which is a really important model when someone's grieving. You feel your feelings, but then say, okay, now I'm going to go do something fun. You know, Jody and I stumbled upon a program called Grief Share, and that is just a nationwide grief recovery, 13-week sessions at a time, usually offered through some church. And it was such a great model, but I guess as, as we sat there, and we actually led it because there was nothing here like that, so we grieved the first time with the people there, you know. I mean, we were only six months into losing her, and we were leading this group. But it was easy to lead because of how the curriculum was written. But I just, I remember thinking, where is grief here for kids? Like, where is something that can help my girls grieve? So Jody and I, I feel like uh, grieved healthy, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it trickled down into our girls because they all were grieving differently because of their ages and continue to. I mean, mm-hmm. when Kayla got married, she had a bouquet for her sister and she had it at the, at the sign-in table. It's how she wanted to represent her sister would have Aww. been there, but not make the day about her. And it was just very, very sweet. So the grief changes as they get older. But going back to them being kids, just very isolating at school. Their, their friends didn't know what to say, so they didn't say anything and that hurt. Or you say something stupid. And a lot of people do that. <laughs> yeah, that's Right. So there's another really great book by the same author. I'll just digress for a second. It's called What Grieving People Wish You Knew About What mm-hmm. Really Helps and What Really Hurts. Nancy Guthrie, look that one up too. Anyway, I just kept thinking, where is something like this for kids? And camp, you know, kids love camp. And I thought if we could get it in a camp setting and bring these principles to them, but change them a little bit where they can understand it, that's kind of the formula behind Camp Savannah. I like it. So what was the um, age range of participants um, in 2018? Uh, we, start, we started with 9 to 14. I'd love to get into the teenagers. Haley and I have talked about, you know, in the future, 
maybe doing two different camps where you've got younger kids and older kids. I don't know. I don't know what that looks like because it all belongs to the Lord and he just kind of tells us what to do and then we do it. But this first one, you know, ages nine to 14 is where we focus. And so how, looking back, how do you think that went? You're proud that we started this and we have ways that we want to um, improve for the next one? Yeah, I think it was really great. Gracie, my other daughter, she's she's 18 now. They, of course, they were all there, which was very sweet. But she said, Mom, if I didn't know any better, I would, I would not think this was y'all's first camp. I mean, that's Aww. how smooth it went. But, I mean, a lot of that has, has to do with Taylor. Great. She did a fantastic job. Uh, well, uh, and I agree with you. So the feedback that we got on, on our side was that it was a, a huge success. And, and mom shared that, um, you know, she was grieving in her own way. And really, that was kind of clouding what she was able to see the sisters um, of this this hero and, and how they were grieving. She just came out enlightened. She learned more information, how to... Um, talk to her daughters. And so I just think that was incredible. And I said, man, how do you spell success? That that sounds like that success right there. Well, Haley did a really great job of sending resources with the guardians when, you know, when I don't know if, if Emily shared that, but as they dropped the kids off, we knew that would be a quiet weekend at home, you know, no distractions. And that's going to be sad. So she did a good job of, of finding resources that they could look at. And you want to, you want to talk about that? Yeah, so I felt it was really important to bridge the gap between what the kids were doing at camp and what mom, dad, or guardian are doing at home, and that there could sometimes be a disconnect, like the kids have just processed a lot of grief in that weekend, and mom, dad wouldn't have that same chance unless we gave them resources. So we sent them home with a therapist, list of books. We sent them home with the one-year book of hope and the CD for them to listen to. Um, and then at the end of camp, we sent the campers home with a list of questions that mom, dad, or guardian could ask to um, help understand what happened at camp. For kids, Jen said this earlier, but it's hard for the kids to express this sadness to the parent when the parent seems to be fine. You don't want to make them upset again. So opening that conversation for them and letting them know that it's okay to have those conversations is crucial in the grief process between parents and children. So Haley, I'm, I'm sitting here and we heard Jennifer's tie and why she's so passionate and why she does what, what she does. And, and you sound like you're into this camp and we're going to make this work and I'm with these families. And so how did you get involved in this, in this world? I lost my dad when I was 14 years old and wow. my mom really shut down after that. And then she was engulfed by the grief process and still is. And so at 14, that's a really rocky time already. And then if you add grief to it and really losing both parents, that just adds a whole nother world of mess. Mm. And I remember thinking at 14, 15 years old that I wish there was a camp or there was some kind of something where I could talk to people like me who get it. Because my friends at school didn't get it. My teachers didn't understand. Um, like Jennifer said, it was, it was incredibly isolating. And then the Lord did his thing. And through crazy circumstances, I ended up meeting Jen and Jody, and they kind of took me under their wing, um, which led me to Savannah Smiles, obviously. And I went to college and I got my undergraduate degree in social work. And grief really mm. is, is a passion for me, helping parents and children bridge this gap and walk through the grief process in a healthy manner is so important to me because I didn't get to walk through it in a healthy manner. And I just see the destruction that that left. Well, I could hear it, Miss Haley. So... I'm glad that we asked you that question, ma'am. Let's talk about Savannah Smiles 
successes, Jen, if you had to go back, just two or three things that you're like, oh, I'm so glad we walked in this direction? That's a good question. I don't think anybody's ever asked me that. Well, I guess the biggest thing is the over a thousand families we've helped since 2007, you know, starting with $7,000 and we've given over $800,000 in these years. I mean, it's amazing. I'm just a mama. That's <laughs> great. Really That's shocking. Wonderful. I do not, I do not see myself as yeah. a, the director of a quarter of a million dollar budget mm-hmm. foundation. That's amazing to me, but I serve a big God. Oh my goodness. So the success of Savannah Smiles and the privilege of us talking to families all the time and sharing with them that they can survive because, boy, do you need to hear that. And I'm excited about camp. I don't know where it's going to go. You know, we were, dri- we were driving home from camp, and I'm the visionary of my husband and myself. He's the realist, and he pulls me back down out of the clouds and says, okay, let's figure this out. And I said, babe, I, I've got a, I got a vision. You want to hear it? I mean, this is on the way home from camp. Like we slept on bunk beds for three nights, right? And we're exhausted. <laughs> He's like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> and, and I said, I just, I see maybe camp going nationwide. What if we've got friends all over the country that have been ministers, you know, because ministers move all over the place. Oh, yeah. What if we partner with other churches in the same way Grief Share is um, all over the nation and we bring camp to other places because clearly there's a need. I mean, Joe, you said, you know, there's a need. What if we do that? And he was like, you want to sleep on bunk beds all the time? (laughs) (laughs) No, we don't have a camper. (laughs) (laughs) Big thinker. I like that. I like it. Big dreams. Reach for those stars. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we've got one life. We've got one life. And God gives us a purpose. And sometimes the story he writes for us is difficult, but we have a choice. What are we going to do with it? On this podcast, we talk about one person making a difference. I was just adding your name to that list of folks that we have talked to. One person making a difference for so many. So we thank you for what Mm -hmm. you do. We thank you for walking in this direction, for bringing in folks like Haley to make a difference in so many people's lives. So obviously, Mm -hmm. I think a a lot of people are going to listen to this podcast and they're going to want to turn to you guys and learn more. Where would you send them? I would send them to our website. There's a lot of resources there. You know, a lot of people ask us, what can we do? How can we help? And, And it sounds simple to say donations because what I do in, as far as talking to the families, not a lot of people can do that. And as a family that has lost, I know how important it was for me to hear from somebody on my road. Not that others can't comfort, but boy, I just wanted to hear. I needed to know I was going to survive. I need to know you know how this feels and I'm going to be okay. Yeah. So it's not like I can have a bunch of people answer the phone. It really is. As long as there are resources and we have money to work with, I mean, you guys know this, then we can keep doing what we're doing. And, and God and I have an unspoken deal. If he wants Savannah Smiles to keep going, then he's going to provide for it. And if that ever stops, then we stop. I think you're going to keep going. I think we need you. <laughs> is, that, is that site savannah-smiles.org? Yeah. That's the one, savannah-smiles.org. We appreciate you, Jen. We appreciate you, Haley. Keep up the good work, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Here on The Gifted Life, we're all about learning more information to make it through each day. 
We are so glad that we have Sally on our team. Uh, we always learn from her each and every episode, as well as our guests. Today, uh, we're focusing on setbacks, right? Yes. Yes, and of course, Sally is our very own expert in mental health. I think she's an expert. I agree. She's got a lot <laughs> we of out, letters. We outvoted, so you're good. She's okay. got a lot of letters behind her name, so we'll call her an expert. So what you got for us today, Sal? Well, today we are going to talk about setbacks. And what I'm talking about are things like death, natural disasters, job loss, home loss, just to name a few that really can put us into a downward spiral. And, you know, it doesn't matter how big or small the setback can be. We still, at times, can end up feeling really defeated. This doesn't have to be the outcome for you to stay stuck in a never-ending cycle of being negative when you do have a setback. Um, But sometimes struggling with these negative feelings can be really tense, and sometimes we question, you know, what is our purpose? What are we doing that's causing this sort of thing? And you can go through life's challenging moments and then realize, okay, this is not what I'd planned. This is not the way that I thought my life was going to go. But, you know, you can take a step back. You can learn from the experience and realize okay, that wasn't the most pleasant thing that I've gone through, but I have learned better how to handle myself and those around me when I have experienced some type of serious loss. And I know it's okay to feel sorry for myself and have self-doubt. I know I've gone through that on many occasions. I'm sure most everyone has. But, you know, that's all part of the human condition. And we typically own our self-pity, so it's really up to us to disown it, too. Mm -hmm. I know sometimes it's easier to blame other people for how we feel, but the bottom line is we are responsible for our own feelings. And sometimes, you know, I'd like to say, well, it must be Lori, or it must be Joey, or maybe it's Kirsten, or maybe it's Troy. But you know what? That really doesn't work because, you know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't make us feel any better. We're still feeling sorry for ourselves. So we've got to say, All right, I need permission just to take a step back and say, you know, sometimes life just sucks, right? (laughs) No matter what. And so, you know, to ease these negative feelings, it's really up to each and every one of us to remember to be kind to ourselves, realize there are others who depend upon us and concerned about our well-being, and to move in a more positive outlook, make a list of things. What are you grateful for? Mm -hmm. And I don't want to hear anyone say, well, I have nothing to be grateful for, because that Mm -hmm. absolutely is not true. Mm -hmm. No matter how small it may be, there's always something to be grateful for. And that's including all the wonderful moments with that loved one that you miss. Mm -hmm. And so think of as many things as you possibly can, big and small. And it can be, once again, something very, very minute, but important to you. And then finally, focus on others and find ways to help others. You'll be surprised to find how well this can work. I mean, I know when there's times that I'm really feeling sorry for me, I'll reach out and I'll find out someone needs some additional help. When I do that, it not only helps them, but boy, it sure helps my state of mind. So I think it's a good thing to do. I think you were talking to me because I think just this week I said, oh, when it rains, it pours. Yep. I said something in Cajun, too. In Cajun country, I don't know. All right. I like that, Sal. Uh, maybe there's a topic you want Sally to cover. Info at thegiftedlife.org. We'd love to hear from you. On every episode of The Gifted Life, we honor a hero. Today's hero, Nicholas Lewis. And today we're talking about Nicholas and the quilt square that his family designed in honor of him. Yeah, so this square was made in memory of Nicholas from those closest to him whom he left behind. 
The central butterfly fabric is for Ashley, his girlfriend. The other four fabric strips are for his three brothers and sister, Tim, David, Jacob, and Emily. The buttons represent his parents, Lisa and Jack. The fish represents his Aunt Diane. He can identify any fish and was the best scuba dive buddy. The red button represents how much we love him. The cross stitch strip comes from one of his baby outfits. We are happy to have been able to share the gift of life through Lopa, but our loss of Nicholas still leaves us with an overwhelming sadness. We keep his love in our hearts and pray that someday we'll hug him again. May he rest in God's peace. And thanks for sharing Nicholas's story with us. That was a beautiful explanation of everything that went into building that quilt square in honor of Nicholas. If you want to see that quilt square, maybe you want to learn how to submit your own quilt square in honor of your loved one, visit lopa.org quilts. And now we pause to say thank you to Nicholas for the gift of life. Our question and answer segment. Lori, this one is for you dun, yet dun, again. Dun. Okay, <laughs> listening. All right, the question is, can I register my child to be an organ, eye, and tissue donor? Okay, so that varies from state to state. We're in Louisiana, so you can register at any age, but it's not legally recognized until you're 18. The most important thing that we talk about all the time here on the podcast, in the community, to all of our families is to have those conversations. Know your loved one's wishes. Learn the facts about donation. And we hope that you decide to help us make life happen. Thanks, Lori. Yeah. And please remember, if you should have another question or something you really would like to know, you can give us a call at 504-648-3477. Or you can also email us at info at thegiftedlife.org. Guys, episode 98, powerful episode. We loved all that we learned. Yeah, it was so interesting and wonderful learning about Savannah Smiles and all what they provide for families. And what is just wonderful for me to hear is that both Jennifer and Haley have so much compassion and dedication to helping support families after that have experienced a loss. And it's great, great news to hear. Yeah, another resource. Add that. Uh, to your toolbox, guys. So if you're not registered to be a donor and this episode inspired you to register, registerme.org is the national registry. And we do hope that you go out today and do something you wouldn't normally do to help us make life happen. Thanks for listening. This is a production of the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, or LOPA. The Gifted Life is hosted by Lori Steele, Joey Boudreau, and Sally Gentry. Our executive producer is Kirsten Hines. Producer is Shalon Carraway. And we are recorded, engineered, and mixed in our Covington, Louisiana studio by Troy Perez. 